This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello there, folks, and thank you for listening to the show. I'm Joanna. I'm Nate, and we are Stranger Than, a podcast discussing unsolved mysteries, weird occurrences, misunderstood phenomena, and creepy happenings. As always, the Stranger Than podcast logo art is brought to you by Cthulhu Art. The link will be in the show notes. Speaking of our logo art, you can purchase some of our logo art. That's right. Nowadays, like on some really cool and uh, fabulous things. It is tpublic.com slash user slash stranger than podcast. No spaces, anything, anything there. It has mugs and cups and stickers and iPhone cases, shirts of all different manners, onesies, all kinds of, all kinds of stuff. Hoodies. And it's just not only our logo, but also the, um, so banner. It, yeah, it's our it's our logo art and our banner art. And I'm thinking that I'm probably going to make one that just has the word Stranger Than podcast too. Oh, are you? Are yeah. you get fancy so like there that? may be a, a third one coming as well. And if you guys think of anything from our episodes that you think would go good on a shirt or if you like any of our episode art, just toss us a line and let us know that you do like that particular thing and we can we can do something about it. Stranger than podcast at gmail.com. That's right. And also, while we're doing our shameless plugs here, join us in the strange space that is our Facebook group. Yes, there's like 28 of us now. We post show updates in there and just random random shit. memes and what have you. So I fucking love memes. Come come join and talk to some fellow weirdos. So today's topic. Speaking of weird. Yes, this is a weird one. This is the Malaysian Airlines flight MH370. The one that sort of, you know... Vanished into fucking thin air. Yeah. It departed Kuala Lumpur International Airport in Sepang, Malaysia on March 8th, 2014. It left at 12.42 a.m. on its way to Beijing Capital International Airport in China. 227 passengers, 12 crew. The pilot was Zahari Ahmed Shah, 55 years old. Co-pilot is Farik Abdul Hamid, 27 years old. And the pilot had been like flying for 20 years or some crazy shit. And he yeah, had like 30,000 flight hours or some craziness. It was a 18 plus, 18,000 flight hours but he started as a cadet with uh, malaysian airlines in 1981 so he basically had been there a really really long time and then his first mate or the the co-pilot rather was about to this was like his last quote-unquote training right mission or whatever yeah co-pilot i think first mates when you're on a boat yes i think you're right <laughs> ahoy matey but he had been with the airline since 2007 and had logged like 2,700 something. Almost 3,000. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
Well, air traffic control clears the plane to ascend to the 18,000 feet, 5,500 meters. Not too long after this. That's uh, only 5,500 meters? Yeah. God, meters and feet are just so different. They are. They are. It's uh, like three feet to, no, that's a yard. I don't know exactly what it is. I don't know either. I just know when something's in meters, I'm just like, because mm. then we usually compare meters to miles. Kilometers. Oh, kilometers. Fuck. I'm always fucking that up. <laughs> That's all right. We live in America, so you I don't know. really need to worry well, anything they... about feet and miles. <laughs> yeah, but it's just it's just so weird because the rest of the world doesn't, and they don't. Especially when you like read and watch a lot of shows from like other um, places that do use the metric system. Yeah, like BBC shows. Yeah, exactly. And then you're always trying to picture it like three meters. Like, what the fuck is that? Although in the subtitles now, they at least on Netflix, it'll. Uh, translate it for you so they'll change it. it they'll say like oh x amount like blah 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 amount of kilometers and it'll say in the subtitles however many miles is equivalent isn't it crazy just how consumerism constantly feeds our laziness i think it's really weird that we're the only country <laughs> I, i'm pretty sure we're the only country on the planet that just uses feet and are we really like the inches only like oh i'm pretty God. sure i'm not 100 percent, but i'm pretty sure oh centimeters that's another thing like when i'm reading my norwegian crime novel series and then they're talking about like describing some guy and he's like 172 centimeters no frame like, of reference fuck? <laughs> no frame of reference <laughs> like, at all yeah. yeah and then they're waiting kilograms not too long after reaching eighteen thousand feet they're transferred from the airport's air traffic control to the lampur radar air traffic control as they fly over malaysia completely common practice that's just how they do it it's mm-hmm. how it's done everywhere yep at 12.46 a.m., the flight gets cleared by Lampur Radar ATC, air traffic control, mm-hmm. to climb to 35,000 feet, 10,700 meters. At 1.01 a.m., the crew confirms this altitude, and they confirm it again seven minutes later. The final transmission from the aircraft communications addressing and reporting system was at 1.06 a.m. Right, and they basically told them to switch over. Well, this is this is the automated one. Oh, it's an automated one, so, so we haven't gotten is, to the switch over. Jesus Christ! Like, are you doing the second by second? Basically, <laughs> uh, so this drops information like uh, total fuel remaining, which in oh, this okay. case was ninety six thousand six hundred pounds, which is forty three thousand eight hundred kilograms. Jesus fucking Christ! As well as okay. being used by the crew to get technical <laughs> inf- information like weather reports and shit like that. Great. Okay, can we jump to the one where they? Good night, Malaysia 370 was said to Lampur Radio in response to the ATC telling the flight they were now being handed off to Ho Chi Minh Air Control Center. Yes, he said to that flight 370 contact Ho Chi Minh at uh, 120.9, which is like the frequency that Ho Chi Minh ATC is at. And they say good night. And then it's either... The captain or the co-captain responds back, good night, Malaysian 370. And I just wanted to like kind of go over this because so many things that I read and watched on this were like, it was so sensationalized and it took me, I don't know, like, like three or four sources in before I finally get like a clear answer on that because they're trying to make it like so ominous. Like it was the captain. Like you can you don't know whether it was the captain or co-captain. Right. And then it's like, no, this is usually how they respond when they're signing off right. to go to another frequency because they're entering another country's airspace. Exactly. And All of this that's happened so far is 
by it's the book. Like totally one hundred percent by the book. So hundreds of times a day. Because they're yeah. like, Oh, these last words like like he said it creepily, like, Oh, good night, you know, and then everyone back in air traffic control is like, What the fuck? Because <laughs> yeah, it's not night right now or anything. That doesn't make sense. Why would they say that? We're not signing off under standard procedure. Right. But yeah, so it was like I just wanted to not sensationalize it because so many people had and I wanted to point out that it is a little bit sensationalized and but those and are the last words those are the heard. last words I mean it is creepy because it's the last words you do ever hear but and that was at one nineteen a.m. so mm -hmm. they take off at what was it 1242 and, and at 119 a.m. Like... so just a little over a half an hour into flight yep so what was supposed to happen at this point is the flight would contact the the Ho Chi Minh uh, air traffic control? Yep, yeah. the the Vietnamese because they were entering Vietnamese, Vietnamese. airspace. Mm -hmm. Another pilot actually saw the plane, and because they weren't, they didn't do that. Mm -hmm. And so another pilot pilot saw the plane, and they attempted to signal the crew using what's called the emergency distress frequency, but they only got some static and a kind of mumbling. The international distress frequency is used for emergency communications for aircraft in trouble. And this is because they had failed to respond to uh, Ho, Chi Ho Chi Minh's request for them to communicate because they were told to do it. And then when they hadn't, after a little bit is when they're like, uh, hey, did you get on our frequency? Did like, you hello? Know, hello, are you out there? You're, I'm told, you know, it's they have it somewhere that, yeah, this flight is supposed to be switching over at this time. And probably the two interact with each other and. I don't know. There's some way of – they know that they're supposed to pick it oh, up. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's standard procedure. Standard procedure. Don't know 100% the ins and outs of it. but So they were contacting it. So this plane, this plane uses the emergency frequency. And tries to – tries tries They're to, like, hey, guys, what, what are you doing? What's Hello? What's going on? No one answers. Um, about a minute after the last verbal transmission was made, the radar loses – like, the flight's not on the radar anymore. It drops in off both countries, Malaysia and, and Vietnam. And Vietnam, and this is because the plane uses a transponder to the radar goes off of the plane's transponder. It's called the second. Well, there's there, radar. yeah, that's the second one. There is the first one is just your regular radar, which they right. dropped off of. The second one they have is this transponder one, right? Which dropped off though, and they couldn't a minute a minute after it, after the regular radar left mm -hmm. okay or after it dropped off the regular radar I, I was under the impression that they just use air traffic control just uses the regular just uses the secondary if i understand but, it correctly they have a regular radar like you know the one that you just see all the time with like the the green and you can see the blips on it and then there is a secondary radar and that's the one that uses the transponder okay but then what about the one that the mill so and then there's also military radar, which, which is, is different, which is which is a different system than civilian radar because it's the fucking military, you know, right? They got to like be more. They have to be better about this right. sort of thing because it matters more. But for them to have dropped off the radar completely for air traffic control in uh, Vietnam and Malaysia, that not means, common. Yeah, not common. And that means that the transponder is no longer functioning on the plane. Yeah. Well, they also, the tra in addition to it dropping off of the regular radar, the transponder was also gone. So they, mm -hmm. they, and that the transponder stopped a minute after it, it dropped off the ra regular radar. How would it drop off the regular radar though? I have no idea. A lot of tinfoil. <laughs> I don't, I don't have a clue. See, this is why I think that I'm not like, they I mean, only use the secondary radar because 
why else would it disappear unless the transponder? I know they is don't gone. because the transponder is also not as uh, accurate but then as where a regular the radar. Signal is com- where is the signal coming from? How are they getting? Well, they're not the at this radar. point. Yeah, but what causes the the primary radar to? I have not no register idea. them anymore. I have no idea. I'm not a radar technician. I'm just saying. They I mean, just I said don't that, know. I mean, for me, I said don't that, know. That this is what they just use the secondary radar, and that's but, why it dropped off. But everything that I read said that they have the regular radar, mm-hmm. and then they have a secondary radar, and that the secondary radar is based off the transponder, and the regular radar is just the radar you see in like movies and shit, right? Where it's got like the green like. Because I think regular, yeah, because it's not like he could have disappeared that quickly. I mean, it gets to the point where the, well, it did because now at this point, the military is tracking them after the transponder gets shut off. Basically, we don't know if it was accidentally or intentionally or, but the transponder is shut off. And then from that point on, the military tracks them until... 2.22 a.m. And at that point, they get out of military range, so they're no longer a bleep on there. But I'm just wondering if the ATC also has a radar. They do. do. Yeah, but how do they get out of I don't know. Range? I'm not a radar technician. I have no idea. I'm just saying, I just don't no, think it's I'm, right. I'm going to go ahead and say that <laughs> nobody knows. That's part of the mystery is that they don't know why it suddenly dropped off the radar. I mean, with the transponder, you turn off the transponder and then it stops transponding. So that's how right. that would happen. But, but I don't I mean, know I if they know how it dropped off a regular radar. They don't know why radar. the transponder stopped transponding. Like, oh, well, it, like it, was that intentional or did some disaster happen? Anyone with any kind of flight experience can turn off a transponder. Yeah, I know. Like, But they don't know. That's also a They don't know anything about considering this. They now, know very little, at least. Right. Considering this uh, accident that happened with this plane, I would say it's probably... They shouldn't make it so that the pilot can disable the transponder. And that may be something that is the case now. Um, but so the military is tracking them after they drop off of F- the trans-, trans... Allegedly drop off both radars, which... After... I... Well, it did because... <laughs> well, it did. It got off it's military. Gone. It's gone, um, but... So the military tracks it turning southwest. So it's come over Malaysia one way and then like flips a bitch and goes back the other direction... It crossed the Malay Peninsula. So it goes back the other direction, but mm-hmm. a little bit more and, west and not quite so south as right. where it started. And they kind of get right out of range when they reach the Andaman Sea, which is about 200 miles northwest of the island of Penang. 439 kilometers. Thank you. And they were at an altitude of 29,500 feet or 9,000 meters at that point as well. They were picked up by some other airports here and there, or they believe it was an unidentified aircraft. Uh, but the, the Sultan Ismail Petra Airport in Malaysia picked up an unidentified aircraft that corresponded with the military radar. Flight 370 was then picked up passing a little bit south of Penang, which is the island just off western Malaysia. And happens to be the captain's hometown. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. So... I believe that when they are trying to simulate this flight that this guy made, he kind of like uh, turns the plane a little bit to the left, kind of tilts it at some point. Okay. 
it goes a little bit left and it was a really good like australian 60 minutes despite the fact that it was 60 minutes but all right <laughs> the guy's in the simulator and he's talking with the the reporter lady and he went over and over this and he finally figured out after like three months that he must have tilted up to look over the lights of his hometown. Oh, just to yeah, see was, it one yeah, last time. He was, he was looking out the window. That's then that's why he made that maneuver. So is, they couldn't quite, were they, were they insinuating that he wanted to see his home one last time? Cause he was involved or were they insinuating that he was just taking a look? Cause he could, they were insinuating definitely that he wanted to take a look at his hometown one last time. I see. Because this is, this was definitely a person who believed that, you know, he intentionally crashed the plane. Right, right. So, yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. And it would, I mean, he wouldn't be just looking at it just because, because by the time he gets to Penang, he is way the fuck off course. Right. He is nowhere near fucking Beijing, China. No, you go in the other direction. No, did, <laughs> this is after he did the straight 180. Right. And shortly before he starts getting out to sea in the ocean and all that stuff, I mean, he, this is right before he gets out of range or, or it's still within range shortly before he goes so far out that the military can't. Yep. Which was 2.22 a.m. Fancy fucking radar. Three minutes after they lose, the, the, the military radar loses him, the satellite communication sends a message because there was a logon request from the plane. The system continues. Cont- Isn't that like automatically sent, though? It's automatically sent, but this was the system. I believe this was a system that was turned off, like stopped broadcasting well earlier. The one that uh, sent its last message at 1.06 a.m. That's the one that would, you know, tell how much fuel was remaining and that sort of thing, right? Remember? Oh, okay. So the little, like, uh, statistical. Yeah, yeah. So I believe... It's like getting one of those, like, annoying text messages that's, like, from some company. Similar, like, except know... it gives you useful information. Right. And then but... the, also the crew can use it to find out weather information and that sort of thing. So three minutes after this, they get lost off the military radar, this communication message system comes back on, and it sends a login request. So it sends it to, down to this, I guess it was a British company, I believe, and they allow it to log in. And so the system continues to respond to the hourly status requests sent to it. Yeah, this so it's is InMarsat, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. So they're just like, it's just computers talking back and forth. And I think this was something about like the engine of the plane or had something to do. I mean, it's just kind of like some like standard, like low key. Oh yeah. It's tracking it's nothing. Thing. It's like by big. like a manufacturer. It's not even anything. It's, it has nothing to do with anything. What it says is that the plane is still intact, mm-hmm. that this is sending the message back and forth. Like, hello, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm still running. Pretty much. Cool. Yeah. And now, at this time, since they're aware of this happening, they place two phone calls to the cockpit. And they know that the phone calls went through. Like, the phone was ringing, but no one picked up. Right. No one answered. I've got... I wonder... If this guy was on, like, a suicide-slash-mass-murder mission, like, what is going on with the co-pilot? I don't think really anything. Because, obviously, they're calling, no one's picking up... 
all of this has been intentional. I mean, he had to have like disabled. I don't know. Him. I feel like he ha- would have had to disable him like early on to get all this to be it's happening, hard. and he's not acting on any of it. I don't know. I don't either. No I'm, ju- I'm just, I'm just trying to put myself there because it's just fucking crazy shit. It's just, yeah. It's just shit that shouldn't be happening. No. For sure. At eight ten a.m., the last status request was acknowledged by the plane. At this point, the plane is over an hour and a half late to land in Beijing. At 8.19, the aircraft sends another logon request, which is granted by the ground and then acknowledged by the aircraft all in under a second. So it was like 8.19 and like 20 hundredths of a second or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then like seven hundredths of a second later, it, it acknowledges it. And that is the last piece of data from Flight 370 that was ever sent. At 9.15 a.m., a status request was sent to the aircraft, and it did not respond. So you have to assume at this point the plane is no longer functional. Or they've disabled that particular system. But if it's Or been... it's turned off. Maybe they landed at this point and just turned off the plane. Landed in the fucking ocean. God knows where. <laughs> well, that's how... That's what happened. That's how the aircraft was lost. Still a lot more, because the air traffic controls... There, there were some, there were some mistakes made, for sure. And they were just basically talking back and forth. They didn't know what the hell was going on. At 1.38 a.m., the Ho Chi Minh contacts Kuala Lumpur and tells him that they haven't spoken with 370. So there's four phone calls that go back and forth between these two control centers for the next 20 minutes. They didn't get any information. They didn't give any information because no one knew anything at this point. Right. At 2.03 a.m., Kuala Lumpur tells Ho Chi Minh that they have received information from the Malaysian Airlines Operations Center that 370 was in Cambodian airspace. That's interesting. At 2.15, so like 12 minutes later, Mm -hmm. it's confirmed by the Malaysian Airlines Operations Center that indeed 370 was in Cambodian airspace. Mm -hmm. So at first they're like, "I, I think it's there. And then they're like, no, no, it's fucking there. And there's kind of like a, a zigzag thing that that goes on to yes. the airplane. It's it's kind of flying in and out of two different countries' airspace. Probably trying to avoid radar, maybe? Right. I imagine that could be helpful. Yeah. <laughs> if you're trying uh, to, like, lose a fucking plane. Yeah. So the information gets passed to Ho Chi Minh, and they had spoken with Phnom Penh Area Control Center, which had not had any contact with 370. Kuala Lumpur gets back into contact with Malaysian Airlines Operations Center at 2.34 to ask them the status of 370. According to the satellite communication, the plane was functioning properly and was near Da Nang in Vietnam. Just under an hour, Malaysia Airlines Operations Center informed Kuala Lumpur that the location given was just based on flight projection and probably not very accurate for actually finding the plane. Hmm. And all this time, the military is tracking, but nobody is, nobody from there is doing anything about it, which is not that I can tell. Like, okay, a little bit suspicious, maybe. Tiny bit suspicious. Tiny bit suspicious. Like this would not happen in America. I would not believe that. I think this could happen if we talk like big conspiracy. Governments involved in shit. I'm pretty sure this could happen anywhere. I'm just saying that usually, if there is a plane that is not 
on its course. You'd have like fighters scrambled exactly, or whatever and exactly. have like that motherfuckers is, that is on exactly that shit. That's exactly what like, they do. They scramble and they go to take a look and see what is going on with this plane. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they pull up to the thing and like, you know, sir, can I help you with something? <laughs> pull over. <laughs> <laughs> like t1000 and smoking the reefer oh man but yeah so it's just interesting that they're not even not only are they not responding in any way to it because i guess maybe they didn't think it was acting in a threatening manner but it's a plane that is like not where it is supposed to be no and in a post 9-11 world that ain't cool it is not cool and you think they would at least maybe be calling be like, is this your plane, dude? That something. I'm yeah, something. You think some sort of military would get involved? It's weird that no military some kind got of involved. Action would be because it's not like taken. China isn't a fucking huge military power, right? I mean, you'd think. Although I guess at this point they haven't contacted China yet, so China probably doesn't even know what's going on at this point, right? Well, according to the families of the passengers, they a lot of them had started to arrive at the Beijing airport to because pick they, up there. Yeah. To pick up. And they don't even have any idea that anything is wrong. It's like, why isn't, why isn't like Ho Chi Minh and Loom Par calling everyone calling everybody. Yeah. I mean like, like oh, you guys, hey, the, the we plane lost disappeared. this fucking We plane. haven't talked to them for like two fucking hours. Um, yeah, no, they were told that the flight was delayed when they got to the Beijing airport. So they're sh- starting to show up to pick up their loved ones. And all they get told is the flight has been delayed because that's how little communication is going on right now. If we step back into what the the air traffic controls are doing, so that all is closer to eight o'clock when the plane is supposed to land. Right, right. I'm I just f- saying that like even at that point, it's like still like a whole lot of nothing well, we're going at, on because at 520 in the morning. Nobody's fucking some official contacts doing anything Kuala, about any of this. Some official contacts Kuala Lumpur. Just some official, quote unquote, official contacts Kuala Lumpur and says that they don't think that 370 left Malaysian airspace. Interesting. They think it's still. It's still. They they don't think it ever made it even to Vietnam, even though and it, there's radar data to prove it was in Vietnam Vietnamese airspace. Except isn't the radar data that proves that the one that the, is the military data? Oh, well, that would, they were they entered Vietnamese airspace before they were lost off civilian radar. Okay. So at 5.30, Kuala Lumpur contacted the Kuala Lumpur Aeronautical Rescue Coordination Center, which are the folks that do search and rescue for lost aircraft. They think they're still in Malaysia. That's stupid. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but they think they're still in Malaysia because no one from the military has yet told them, like, Oh yeah, no. We we think that they were flying like a really far away. They haven't talked flight. to the yeah, military yet. Nobody is talking to each other. And I that's stupid. don't know why. It's, so at five thirty is when they finally send search and rescue out. Five thirty, and they, but they send search and rescue rescue to Malaysia. Like they start doing a search grid. I believe the first area they're looking for wrong. is in the uh, South China Sea, the one that's between Malaysia and China. Like the one where they lost the initial civilian radar. I think that's the South China Sea. I could be wrong. I'm not great at geography. I know. It's crazy how bad you become at geography when you're not like staring at that fucking globe every day in school. They don't have that like pull down over the chalkboard of the world. But it's like 
it's like the flattened globe. Yeah. It's like yep, the half yep. circles. Yep. Just not seeing your continents on the daily. So they send out search and rescue at 530. At 724 in the morning, the Malaysia Airlines busts out with a statement that they lost communication with 370. Oh, about like six hours ago. At 240 in the morning. And that they had called search and rescue. Why would they say 2.40? They later corrected the mistake. Okay, because they hadn't talked to them since like 1.20. 1.19, yeah. 1.19, yeah. I'm just trying to simplify it here a little bit. So there was... Mr. Specifics. No distress signal. <laughs> the weather was fine. The fucking plane was gone. Right. And it had been gone for six hours before. Like I said, the flight's supposed to do get there at 8.19 p.m. I mean, a.m. And... Seven, what was it? 724. 724 is when they're like, oh, hey, there's a little problem. We haven't seen or heard from the fucking plane in six hours. So, hey, all you people that are here to gather up your loved ones that you think are like landing in less than an hour. Here's some fucking horrible fucking news. Yeah. That would be shitty. For one, you had to go to the airport super early. And now it was completely useless to even go there. Oh, my God. You're such a dick. <laughs> oh, now going to the airport does fucking suck. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, you go there and you're basically, I would be so furious to find out later that this was going on. For hours. For yeah. hours. Yeah. And you allowed me to come to the airport under the pretext that I'm going to like pick my loved one up and, and I think I'm like an hour away from that. And that's when you're like giving like, the, oh, like, the, oh, sorry. By the way, we have speech. no idea where this plane is. And we haven't for about six fucking hours. So that's been, that's been going on, but you're just now hearing about this. Yeah. So we're going to like fast forward just a bit for just a second. So it was March 24th that it was announced by Najib Razak, the PM of Malaysia, the prime minister of Malaysia, that the information he had received was that the plane disappeared over the southern Indian Ocean and that it, it had to have crashed in sea. Now, wait, when did we fast forward to? to 40? March 24th. March. Of the same year. Okay, so this is 10 days later. Yes. Because I believe it was four days before the information from the military oh, yeah. came out and they were searching in the wrong place but it might have they might have had that information sooner but it wasn't into like the fourth day that it's like oh wait now check this out you've only been searching in these like first critical hours in the completely fucking wrong area well some of the survival of the of the family members of the people that are now considered dead were informed in for in person so if you were just like you know someone came to their door or whatever some got phone calls but there were some that just got text messages. Wow. In English and Chinese. Hey, sorry about your family member. By the way, we've been searching in the wrong area. Well, They're that's not, not even, even where we think they are. That's not even the point yet. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the plane. Let's talk about the plane. It's a Boeing 777. It's like one of the safest planes, like, it's, ever. Yes. Its first flight was on May of this, of 370. Its very first flight was May 14th, 2002. And it was sold to Malaysia Airlines, and they took possession of it on May 31st, so just a few weeks later. The only accident that it had ever been on was on the ground. It was August of 2012, while taxiing at an airport in China, uh, Shanghai Pudong International. It broke a wingtip, so it just hit something somehow. Hmm. 
February 23rd, 2014, the plane passed its maintenance A check. There are five different kinds of checks performed on aircraft. Are you going to tell me about each and every one? I am. Um, not just you, Joanna, but all of our listeners. I'm sure all of our listeners are thrilled at the technicality of <laughs> this episode. They're called A-check, B-check, 3-check, 3-C-check, and D-check. Okay, so you already lost me. What, are, what the fuck are these checks even for, again? The first A-check happens between four and 600 flight hours. Or 200 to 300 uh, like landing takeoff cycles. Okay, so what you're trying to tell me is that it's up to date on its oil changes and shit. The B check is every six to eight months. <laughs> C check happens two years or maybe a bit less. And the three C check is sometimes included in the C checks and sometimes the D checks. And it's normally just upgrades to like the cabin and shit. D check is done every six to ten years and it's pretty much you take the whole goddamn thing apart and put it back together again. A couple weeks later, on March 7th, the crew... So, had it done its its D-check yet? Well, it was purchased on May of 2002. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, this happened in 2014, so so it must have undergone its D-check. So, okay, good to know it had its D-check. Because that's every six to ten years, so it's possible it's had it twice. You get a D-check every six to ten years? (laughs) I wish. (laughs) A couple weeks later, on March 7th, the crew oxygen system underwent routine maintenance and everything looked as it should. So they've. The plane was fucking working. There was right. nothing wrong with this goddamn thing. Uh, the 777 came out in 1994. Uh, the first commercial flight of, of the plane was June of 1995. Not this particular one, but the whole line or whatever, the whole model, I guess. You know, it's weird to think that Boeing is just like so close to us. Oh, yeah. Did you know that it has its own atmosphere because it's such a huge building? Crazy. Yeah. Derek told me about that. I mean, I guess it has to be to, you know, he knows all sorts of build like crazy, fucking airplanes. Awesome facts. Yeah. It's like one of the largest buildings in like the entire world. That's crazy. And it's so big it has its own atmosphere. Fucking A. Right? Right in our backyard. Well, since 1995, there have only been, with the exception of this MH70 incident, other than the MH370 incident, there have only been five other incidents where the plane was totaled. These are called hull losses. In 2008, there was a crash with no fatalities in London Heathrow International in the UK. There was like ice crystals in the fuel because mm-hmm. it flew too high or it was too cold or something. Well, it gets really cold high up. Fucking A. Especially when it's already cold. You're right. And when you're flying into the UK, it's probably not warm. It's like flying into Seattle. Yeah. July of 2011 at King Abdulaziz International Airport in Saudi Arabia, the cockpit caught on fire before takeoff. It was probably due to a problem in the wiring, which could have been there since it was made, but they had released information saying you needed to get this shit upgraded, you know, before the 2011 incident. That's kind of disconcerting, though, to have, like, your fucking, your cockpit (laughs) catch on fire. Right? At least it was before it was, they were taken off. I was just laughing at the word cockpit. Oh, of course. Yeah. Anyways, I mean, yeah, if I'm driving my car and it just, like, lit on fire because of, like, bad wiring, I'd be like, I want a new fucking car. Like, but if you're... I'm never going to trust driving in this car again that it's not going to fucking just go up in fucking flames. But if the car manufacturer told you a couple of years previous, like, oh, this problem couldn't happen, you need to get this fixed, or, you know, the sent maintenance people out to fix it or whatever then and you didn't do it 
Kind of so your... they just didn't do the required maintenance. See, that's this what, is why. This that's is what they believe. I get my fucking oil changed on the regular, and I go to even though it's more expensive, I go to the Toyota dealership because if I do have something going on with my Toyota model, they it automatically comes up on the computer when they enter in. Oh, yeah. My, They're my like, shit. oh, man. They're like, oh, you know, actually. Your this... airbags are exactly. XYZ or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Or there's something wrong with the weird differential. So we're like every single model of your car, we're replacing that for free on because they've done like a recall on this part totally. or something like that. Yeah. So it's just, I mean, I do that for my fucking car. I don't know why the fuck this giant airline doesn't do that I don't know shiz. why they didn't do it. I hope they learned their lesson after... After the cockpit caught on fire, I'm pretty yeah. sure that's a, that's, that's a lesson <laughs> to learn. In 2013, Asiana Airlines Flight 214 crashed on its final approach into San Francisco International. Its landing gear and then the tail hit the seawall when they were coming in. So it was like, I guess, pilot error. It crashed, killing two at the scene and a third who died in the hospital. Jesus Christ. In July of 2014, Malaysia Airlines Flight 17 was shot down over Ukraine, killing everyone. Now, are you sure that's not 317? 517. 517. No, just 17. <laughs> they were shot down by a surface-to-air missile that allegedly came from the 53rd Anti-Aircraft Missile Brigade of the Russian Federation. Oh, I think I remember this. Or insurgents. One of the two. Yes. Russia still denies any involvement in the attack. That's right. I totally forgot about that. Yep. And then the uh, other one is in August of 2016. Emirates Flight 521 crashed because they just came in too fast. The pilot did a specific maneuver Mm -hmm. where you, if I understand it correctly, when you're landing, if you're coming in too fast, you can kind of like take off again, like kind of bounce off the ground a bit. And then you go up and you lose some velocity and, and then you try and land again. Mm-hmm. Well, when he tried to land again, the landing gear wasn't fully out. And so it killed one airport firefighter in the fire that ensued. Whoa. So all in all, the Boeing 77 is a pretty fucking solid machine. The, it's mostly been pilot. It's mostly been because of pilot It got error. shot down or pilot error. Yeah. Or they weren't doing the upkeep. Appropriately, yeah. Appropriately yeah. on their 777. Yeah, um, so, and that's five since 1995. That's right. not very many. That is not. Superman was very right. Many. I mean, how many 777s are there out there? I don't know. Probably a shitload. I did. I can't remember. I remember it being like a lower number than I thought. But then I was like, oh, well, it is a giant fucking airplane, so... But Obviously, it's a pretty there's popular not like 50,000 of them out there. It was, it was something like less than a thousand. Maybe but still like a lot. I mean, I wonder I how know. many airplanes, like commercial airplanes are out there. In other words, the number seven is like either there's like maybe like 74 or 740. I think or... you're just stuck on it because it's the 777. Maybe, but I feel like I'm just liking the word. I'm just liking the number seven. Hey, who doesn't? Who doesn't? I wouldn't be surprised if it was in there. I like... I liked that that number when I was trying to think of this episode. I said three seven one. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That was close. It, it was, was close. close. I was really close to that. Anyways, yeah. So seven seven seven. 
is a solid machine. Solid, solid machine. Machine. I on that last one with the landing. That's always when I'm like the most scared. Oh, when you when you land in a plane. When I land in a plane, taking off too, like taking off and landing. That's when you have the like the most accidents occur, either during takeoff or landing. So I'm always. I wonder nervous. if takeoff and landing is more because I know with the actual flying of it is a lot. A lot of it is automated. So I wonder if taking off and landing is something that is more of a human interaction thing you have to do. Oh, I think definitely. I don't think autopilot takes off or lands for you. I have no idea. I think autopilot I, basically goes on when you're cruising. I yeah. I, I don't. I don't have any idea. And it can just make all these like kind of like tiny adjustments. I think for you actually like taking off and pulling up and landing the plane, getting it back down safely. That's, that's a pilot thing. That's a pilot thing. So, and I think it's the, the time when something, if something mechanically goes wrong, it can be like really bad. I think that anytime on an airplane, if something goes mechanically wrong, it can be pretty bad. That is 100% true. And, it's interesting. So takeoff and landing is like my nerves, my most nervous time flying. I'm not a person who's terrified to fly because deep yeah. down inside, I know that statistically I am like taking a higher chance of being killed, getting in my car every day to drive to fucking work. Superman was right. Airplanes are the safest way to travel. Yeah. And I mean, I get on a plane like two or three times a year. And even if I got on a plane every single day if you, that like, would still be in safer spokane and like your company <laughs> flew you from here to spokane like every right. day that would still yeah. be safer than me driving uh you know 10 miles to my job every single totally, day totally totally but i think it's like the element where it's like you don't have control when you're driving your car you are in control so that hopefully makes, yeah <laughs> when you're in a plane yeah somebody else is in control it's like being a passenger on a bus mhm and then also a lot of times, like, you have a much higher chance of getting in a car crash, obviously, but then a lot of car crashes are survivable. Oh, yeah. And, you're not and necessarily fucking dead every single time. You're not your car, falling at 35,000 yeah. feet in however many kilometers However, that is. Yeah, yeah, you're very unlikely to survive a plane crash. Most plane crashes are, you know, yeah. like, like, that's it. Unless it's something that happens up. real close to the ground. But if, right, if you are in mid-flight and, and something goes not wrong a huge and amount you're of going damage. down... Yeah, exactly. I'm pretty sure, like, exactly. you're lucky to walk away from that one. Yeah, and yeah, stuff like this happens, and it just it just sucks so bad. But when you think about how many people die, how many people die every single day in car accidents? Oh yeah, it's crazy in, in fucking America alone. It's crazy, and yet so many people are afraid to fly. But you know, there's like a million one idiots like not afraid to like drive their car stupid. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> or go out yes. among the other idiots that are driving stupid because you think you have control and that makes you feel safe. When, in fact, oftentimes they don't. Right, because people are just dumb. Yes. Including myself. Everyone's dumb. <laughs> Sometimes. So, now that we've discussed the plane, How about the passengers? <laughs> there were 152 Chinese citizens, 38 Malaysians, 12 crew members, which are all Malaysian citizens. Of the remaining passengers, 12 of them worked for Freescale Semiconductor, which made semiconductors. Like for like computers or uh, semi, in general? Semiconductor, like? uh, for in general. I mean, they're used for in electronics to conduct current. I was going to explain it more, but 
Oh, we don't need that. It was very complicated, <laughs> and no one needs that. But they, simply put, they just conduct current. They conduct current. They worked for a company that makes stuff that conducts current. It was also revealed that there were two Iranian passengers that had stolen passports. Yes, the stolen passport thing. And three Americans. And how many did we, did we say how many uh, Australians? Everyone else was just from like a 12 or 13 different countries. There weren't very many. But of... you didn't count them up? No. What the fuck? Did you? Uh well, I remember there was three there's three Americans and like eight Australians, I think. Okay. Which would make sense cuz Australia's right there. Right. I know I'm going to butcher these names, but the two fellows that had the stolen passports, one was Poria Noor Mohammed Murdad. He was 18 years old and probably moving to Germany. The other was Delavar Sayad Mohammed Riza. And he was 29. The former was identified by Malaysian police and the latter by Interpol. And it's interesting because both of the passports were registered as stolen by Interpol at the time they, like, you know, went through airport security and boarded the planes. Right, right. Yeah, apparently that's kind of a harder thing to to check and more expensive thing to check. And um, it's just the area that they were in. Right. So basically, they're they're driving together. They've got pictures of them together, like hanging mm-hmm. out with other people, and. Apparently, in Malaysia, it is fucking common for people to just illegally get onto planes. Hmm. So that's that's probably why they went there. So they left from Qatar. So not, there's not a whole lot of scrutiny going right, on. Right, right. Well, like when our friend Tyler went to uh, Costa Rica, when he got to, Co- like, you go through American security, they're like, whatever, like, all hard asses about everything. Like, let me look up your asshole and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. He gets to Costa Rica and there's like one dude in an, a like basically empty airport, mm-hmm. small airport. And he collects all of the path, like the 12 people who are getting off there, all of their passports, looks at the passports just individually, not even like mm-hmm. even like looking at the people and then kind of like, oh, now I'll give them back to the right person. And like, doesn't scrutinize it very hard. So I guess it depends where you go. Like, Nicaragua, you would think it was like that, but I feel like it was actually like really like, like there's like dudes with like machine guns or something. Like I would actually believe that Nicaragua would be more hardcore than someplace like Costa Rica or yeah, Malaysia. It's apparently. interesting because they're like right next to each other, Costa Rica and Nicaragua. Isn't it Costa Rica? I mean, they're vastly different governments, though, right? I mean, Costa. Rica oh yeah, is a I mean, it's totally. I mean, and... they're two different countries. It's just that they're they're in the same area right central right. america they're one right next but to costa rica is a democracy and isn't uh nicaragua is completely not i mean it's allegedly but like the fucking daniel ortega the fucking president there is a fucking jack wing who, right. who immediately upon his election did away with the uh term limit it's like now i'm your president forever yeah Basically. And I mean, you go up to some place, and then Honduras is right there, too. And I mean, Honduras makes, like, Nicaragua look like fucking summer camp. All right. Well, these guys left Qatar on their legitimate passports from Iran, because they're Iranian. Mm -hmm. And then they switched it up to the stolen ones? Which was Italian Italian and Austrian. And they switched to those ones when they got onto 370. Riza, the elder one, was bound for Copenhagen, Denmark. 
and Murdad's mother, who lived in Germany, was contacted by officials, and she said she was expecting her son. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they went with the stolen passports. I don't know. I mean, the more information the authorities got on these guys, the less and less they thought they had anything to do with what happened to 370. Right. Like, I mean, it was something that was obviously jumped on for obvious reasons. Well, yeah, because it but, sounds like fucked up, but... Oh, like, oh, do, like, Iranian citizens are there on stolen passports, clearly... They were trying to hide something, but sometimes just random shit happens. Even if they're, even if they came because maybe they committed some kind of crime they wanted to stay under the radar for that they yeah, thought could yeah. be tied to them, or they were planning and they didn't want people knowing that they came into this country because they were well, except part that of some... mom knew one was coming. Right. But, well, that's your fucking mom. Oh, uh, I know. But if you're doing something nefarious, why would you tell your mother? Well. Osama bin Laden probably told his mother what his plans were. I'm just saying. I'm not comparing them to him. (laughs) I'm not being that asshole. I'm just saying. I was just trying. I'm trying to come up with, like, you know. I don't know. It's your fucking mom. I wouldn't tell my mother shit, obviously. But maybe maybe she was close and she was expecting her son. I wouldn't tell my mother if I was going to do something nefarious because I wouldn't want her to be, like, get in trouble for trying to protect me or something. Dude. Pablo Escobar's mom was like 100% in the know on his shoes. Well, yeah. So. That doesn't surprise me at all, but. Right. So then why is it so surprising that, you know, the mom wouldn't know to Well, because fucking son. Pablo Escobar's mom probably lived in his mansion and not at, like <laughs> in a different country in like a different part of the world. Right. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Nevertheless, I mean, sometimes there's just coincidence. True, and that's I, what I believe this is. Yeah, and that's what authorities believe a, it is as well. A coincidence. It's it's weird when it happens. It's weird when, because you know, bad things. I'm not saying these people weren't good either, but you know how that that phrase goes that you know, bad things happen to good people. Sometimes yeah. bad things happen to bad people too. True, that's true. And maybe just because they happen to maybe be doing something not quite on the up and up. Because I mean, that is kind of I would think that would be a felony in America. Oh, yeah. Traveling under a stolen passport. Oh, yeah. That's definitely something you would get arrested for. Oh, yeah. Totally. For sure, 100%. I'm sure in most countries you get arrested for it if they catch you. Mm-hmm. But Malaysia, but I mean, Malaysia is a place this happens. It's just something they were kind of randomly doing, and it didn't have anything to do with what happened to the flight. I mean, maybe it was as, as benign as, like, one of them had hash or something. And it's possible that in Iran, hash is a really, is like a fucking capital offense. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of those places aren't super cool with people getting fucked up. Right. There could be any number of reasons he didn't yeah, really disclose and so it, who he really it, was. It could have been something as, as simple as that. As, as yeah. Not hurting no one for nothing. Obviously, you're breaking the law by doing that, but that, yeah. There could be all kinds of reasons for that, and it had nothing to do with the crash. And authorities, I mean, they pretty much don't think these guys had fuck all Mm -mm. to do with anything. It was just just a random thing. You wonder how many, how much does that actually happen, considering the fact that apparently these passports are, like, reported stolen by Interpol, and, like, nobody fucking notices. I would think that you would, like, don't... But, I mean, I don't know. They don't really, like, it's not like when I go through security in the airport, they don't, like, punch my shit in into some computer to see if it's flagged. Right. I mean, it may just be that. They scan it. They scan my license. So if anything pops up, yeah. But using your actual passport, your passport doesn't have a fucking barcode. Right. I don't think. Maybe it does. I just feel like they look at it. They look at you. They stamp it. 
I think that it's you possible that a lot of it is just done on on like, is this you? Like, do I believe you're from America? You know that sort of thing. So it's like maybe one of those things where you're selected for like extra screening, and then they actually punch something into the computer, right? Like to, they actually like run like your name gonna, or whatever. We're gonna like audit. Like this. I don't know, your eye patch is on the left eye in this picture, <laughs> and it's on the right eye now. So maybe we're gonna check your shit out. Have, you know, something like that. I've told you about how they, um, when we uh, flew to Denver. Uh, <laughs> Last Christmas, um, to drive down to New Mexico, yeah, but yeah. but Olivia got stopped on the way there and on the way back. On the way there, she was the one randomly selected to have her hands wiped for bomb residue. My really? fucking ten year old autistic daughter. <laughs> yes, really weird. Yeah, I think she was, I'm not, sure she the was guys, nine, almost ten at the time. I'm sure yeah. they were like, uh, and well. so it's like we're all going through together. It's like I got Jarek, I got Olivia, I got Scarlett. It's like okay, Jarek, you go for, through first so that you can collect your sisters as they go through the scanner. And then, you know, it's Scarlet, and then it's her, and then before, it's like, oh, I'm sorry, you, we've randomly selected you, like, I just got through, and they, and I'm like, oh, her? You've selected her? The 10-year-old child. child. The 10-year-old girl, yes. All like, right. Okay, we're well. going to have to have her step over here, and, like, wipe your hands, Olivia's like, what the fuck? <laughs> no, <laughs> shit. What, what if she just flipped out? Like, what are they going to do? Are they just going to, no. like, are they going to manhandle a fucking 10-year-old child? Ah. Uh. Ten-year-old, like technically disabled child. I mean, no shit. Fuck. I was like, it's okay. They just have to put a wipe on here. But why? It's like because you were fucking making bombs again. Like goddamn, I I fucking told you. (laughs) I told you about that shit. And then she got this doll. Um, you know the realistic baby doll that I got her for Christmas, the one that really looks freakishly human. Anyways, fortunately, no. I'll have to tell you more about that. At oh, time. that sounds that sounds great. <laughs> Anyways, she was carrying it in a carrier on the way back uh, to Seattle or at the Denver airport. And then, of course, they have to stop and, like, put it through, like, the special X-ray, her baby doll, and, like, make sure I'm not, like, you know, using my child as, like, a drug mule or something. Right. Like, it's not full of drugs or bomb material or something. Like, Jesus Christ. I mean, it's not only, like, her, but it's just, like, okay, so you think that I'm, like, using my children? Do I look like this kind of person who's, like, okay, I'm going to try and get past this using my chi- my kids? I don't know. <laughs> you don't seem very trustworthy. I mean, you do say fuck a lot. Oh, that's true. That's true. They probably heard me drop the F-bomb while I'm sitting there waiting in their fucking goddamn stupid long line. Like, let's check like, those okay. fucking kids and make sure they don't have any <laughs> bomb residue on them. Like, clearly, like, the mother is questionable. I don't like the looks of that lady. They don't like the looks of Jarek either because he's like just this nice average. Like this kid's just too nice and normal. There's obviously like, something I wrong. Don't know. He got he got selected for extra screening when he was on his way back from London. He had to do like the extra screening. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's funny. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's like they're trying to like do people that they like you know wouldn't normally think of. It's like okay, yeah. I wouldn't pick you out, so I am going to. Right. Right. Because I don't racially profile. No. <laughs> they don't. It's not a thing that happens. It's not a thing that happens ever. Well, let's get to the search. The search. Initially, they were looking in the South China Sea for wreckage, which was where 370 was when they lost, uh, when they had the last verbal con- contact. For four fucking days. On March 9th, the military said that it's possible. So this is the next day. Mm-hmm. The military said it's possible that the flight had turned around and went over the Andaman Sea. So, like, actually, we saw this airplane that could have been your plane, and it actually, like, turned around and, like, went this direction. 
But still, the Malaysian government didn't like. Well, they did increase. They did actually increase the search area. I don't think they actually fessed up to it for a bit. Still, though, upon learning that they're because they were kind of like, oh, well, it might. It may have, but it it wasn't confirmed. At well, the time exactly, but that, that but they still increased yeah. to the search area. So it went from twenty three miles, which was thirty seven kilometers, to one hundred twenty twenty miles, one hundred ninety kilometers, and then it was extended again to include the Strait of Malacca between Indonesia and Malaysia. So it's Malaysia, and then to the west of Malaysia is the Andaman Sea, and then to like the southwest of Malaysia is Indonesia. And there's a water water going through or between Indonesia and Malaysia, and that's the Strait of Malacca. Mm-hmm. And then the Andaman Sea is where the military eventually. That's that's where the military eventually eventually says they, yeah, they, they last tracked range, it. And that's yeah. yeah, close to the island we were and talking then from about then earlier. On it's, it's the the companies that satellite thing. There the have helpful been satellite. There were tons of reports at this point in time of things that could have been wreckage. It all turned out to be bullshit. Because it wasn't even in the right place most of the time. A lot of it, and a lot of it just was nothing. I mean, shit. On March 10th, so this is now two days after the flight went missing, the Royal Malaysian Air Force confirmed that Flight 370 did indeed turn around and fly back over Malaysia. Two days after that, it was announced that an aircraft that was possibly Flight 370 was last seen by military radar in the Andaman Sea at 2.15 a.m. the night of the disappearance. Okay, so this is the four-day marker where they're finally this like, is the four okay. Day, like, okay, well, we're, guys, we're pretty sure, yeah. <laughs> they centered their search efforts on this area, and they even asked India for help. In two days, the country It seems odd that India would be able to, like, help. Well, there's, like, a... a, a like, I just feel like they're, like, a really, like, poor country... Oh, parts of it, yeah, but I mean, it is also industrialized. I mean, they've, it it's, is. it's not That's like a third world country or anything. I think it is. It's a third world country, isn't it? I don't think so. I think it is. I, I think there's enough. I don't think it is. I don't know. No more than a third world country that America is with all the homeless people here. <laughs> That's kind of true, just a tiny bit. <laughs> because it's there's a big difference between... Uh, being homeless here and like living on the streets of fucking Calcutta, right? <laughs> I don't know. Never lived on the streets it's of Calcutta. Pretty fucking bad. Did you never watch? Uh, you know what was that fucking movie called? The <sighs> God damn it, the dogs. Something with a dog in it. Slum Dog Millionaire. No. You never watched Slum Dog Millionaire? No. Oh, dude, it's brutal. They, it's like. Like, the, one of the first parts of the movie is, like, this kid being on the street and, like, one of his little, like, kid beggar friends. It's like the beggars almost have, like, pimps. Like, they, the children go out and beg and then they got to turn in some of the money to, like, guy, people that, like, take care of them, like, living on the street. Right. And one of these dudes, like, drugged this kid and you see him uh, freaking digging out his, like, eyeball with, like, a red hot spoon and stuff. Sometimes like, blinding you... him to make him a better beggar. Sometimes you got to. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. In two days, the countries involved with the search effort had deployed 34 aircraft and 40 ships to the last known radar location. On By March 17th, another 11 countries joined the search. At the height of the search effort, and shortly before they started searching the South Indian Ocean, 26 countries were looking for Flight 370. 
That's a lot. That's a lot of countries. Mm-hmm. The searchers began focusing on the South Indian Ocean, which is west of Australia, once some more information came to light. The automated Would that be like the satellite information? Uh, the automated because, signals that they received yeah. from the transponder, they went dead, but they, and they couldn't really accurately pinpoint where the plane was, but they were able to narrow it down. Through the satellite thing, though, right? Was right, like, right. Like, hello, are you there? Yeah, I'm there. You exactly, know. exactly, yeah. exactly. So with like all the fuel and everything, they could be as far north as Kazakhstan or as far south as the South Indian Ocean. Now, all the countries that would have been on the flight path from... 370's last known location north all said there was no way they could have snuck through all the respective airspaces because the military would have fucking seen them so that leaves the south and by this time even a slow moving military such as the you know (laughs) malaysia i don't know how much of a military power malaysia is i'm just saying i'm assuming not very much even by this time if they had seen it they probably would have shared that information even if they weren't like oh, probably. about it, such as how it was at the oh, beginning. Oh, I understand. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get what I'm. You get what I'm. I'm picking up. You're picking up what I'm putting down yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they're they were just a tad slow. I feel like to, oh, like, a wee bit, uh, a wee bit. Yeah. Let somebody know about the unusual uh, airplane and its change of direction and all that kind of stuff. Do you think somebody just like turned on the news and they're just like, oh shit? <laughs> probably like. <laughs> Oh man! It's like, hey guys, you remember that plane? You remember that one plane? That had I an unidentified plane doing? that we like, never you know. told anyone about. Like, yeah, holy shit! Maybe huh. we should call someone. Yeah. Starting March seventeenth, Australia headed up the search of an area that spanned two hundred and thirty thousand square miles. That's a lot. Six hundred thousand square kilometers between Perth and the Kerguelen Islands to the west and a bit south. Which are about nineteen hundred miles, three hundred kilom- three thousand kilometers apart. Where the fuck is Perth anyway? In Perth on the is, continent of Australia, like that what? is on the west coast of Australia. Okay, that's like the west, right? So, like the west coast of Australia, kind of like is goes out and then kind of comes in a little bit and then goes down some mm-hmm. more. So, like the north part of it is further west than the south part of it, and Perth is kind of right where that transition is. Okay. March 19th, the search area was taken down to 118,000 square miles, 305,000 square kilometers, and positioned at a place about 1,600 miles, 2,600 kilometers southwest of Perth. So before there is kind of more of a... This new search area is a little bit farther south of their first southwest place they were searching for Really? Is that what you just used a hundred words to fucking yes <laughs> convey? Between <All> right. <laughs> March 16th and March 27th, lots of what appeared to be debris was photographed by satellites. They realized that after being unable to confirm that any of the debris had fuck all to do with 370. Or that it was even debris. I mean, it's actually very hard to get good satellite images on the surface of the ocean. Well, they believe it was debris. And they think it was just random ocean trash. Right. I mean, the oceans are filled with fucking trash. And that this particular area is in the middle of fucking nowhere. So why would we have any satellites pointing there? It's just with all this looking for a 370 that they're now putting the satellites there and like, oh, what's all this shit? Oh, just shit that's been there the whole time. Right. Well, well, ever since we started doing stuff. I'm just saying that light reflection, choppy 
uh, waves, all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Can make it very difficult to see, like, what exactly is that tiny fucking thing in the middle of a giant fucking ocean? But they did find some debris, and it was just, just shit, just random shit. Just random ocean garbage. Garbage because humans are filthy. Yeah, we are. My God. Now, they, they, there was actual debris found, but I mean, that's still like not years down your fucking oh, timeline. Yeah. So maybe, maybe we'll talk about it in like another fucking hour. We'll, I don't know. we'll get that around the three hour mark. God. <laughs> the, so every place the investigators have gone to try and find something has turned up nothing. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely fucking nothing. And so they're now going to reestimate where the search area should be. So they take the amount of fuel. Let's do some new math. Exactly. And they they now think the new area is 680 miles, 1,100 kilometers, northeast of where they were, bringing them to about 1,150 miles, 1,850 kilometers, west of Perth, and encompassing a 123,000 square mile, 319 square kilometer search area. So they're going back up now. A couple days into the search, they found some objects that were just fishing equipment, like these big orange things, and it was just fishing equipment. Uh, in the first half of April, they had ships with listening stuff, like audio equipment, going out to the location, listening for underwater locator beams. So it was like sonar. Is it like no, sonar? no, they're they're, uh, they're. Don't they use sound waves though? Eventually. Okay. At this point, they're just basically dropping microphones into the water, looking, listening for the the. The beacon? The beacon. The, mm-hmm. the black box beep. Right. Between... Now, that's an interesting thing. You'd think they would have a longer battery life. Because apparently... Well, it's been a month. Yeah. I mean, for the love of Christ, a month. Well, then it should send a stronger signal. Something. A I mean, month. A month. A fucking month. It's, it's crazy. like nobody hears anything anywhere. There's nothing picked up. Well, if the plane... But, I mean, the world is vast. I get the that. The world is vast, yes. The world is vast. The oceans the are The oceans vast. are the most vast part of the world. So, and I guess if it's sitting at the bottom of it, it's going to be really hard to... Well, if it's sitting at the very bottom of, of some of these parts of the ocean, there's no way, no how we're ever going to even be able to recover it. Because mm-hmm. it's deep and we can't get down there. No, you can't get down there. But between the 6th and 8th of April, four signals were detected. Nothing was confirmed. They didn't actually find anything. They sent out robotic submarines to search the seabed where the signals were detected. They found no wreckage. Additionally, none of the signals matched what the black box would have actually produced within the manufacturer specifications. So, like, they didn't, it didn't beep on time. You know, it, it was close or, like, the, the, the frequency was ever so slightly off. How do they know that, though? Because they know what the manufacturer specifications are, and the signals they picked up did not match those. Okay, I'm just saying, like, so they don't know that if it made any signals at all, just what they were finding wasn't those signals. Correct. They checked anyway. Right. And um, nothing turned up. Nothing. Whole lot of nothing. Whole lot of nothing. Well, here's a blast from the past. If you folks remember our Baltic Sea Anomaly episode, we learned mm-hmm. about side scan sonar. This is the one that was pointed straight down at the seabed, and the ship just floats above it and makes the image. It's like a, it's a top-down view, like the first Zelda game. Between April 14th and May 28th, 
the team manning the sonar had scanned. 330 square miles, 860 square kilometers of seabed. Pretty arduous task. They had all kinds of technical problems and what have you, but they finally did it. You know, I thought about Baltic Sea Anomaly when uh, we get into like this second search because what's it called? Like Ocean Infinity or something? Yeah. And it was like, I was like, that sounds familiar, but it's not the same. But I was Ocean like, X oh, Ocean is the X. one. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, oh. Oh, okay. No, it's it's different, but it sounds like a lot the same. Good old Ocean X. <laughs> Follow them on Instagram. They are a, a stand-up group of fellas. Uh, in this like month and a half or whatever, month and a week, they didn't really find anything that had fuck all to do with 370. On April 28th, they ended the surface search for Flight 370. They'd been searching for 52 days and covered 1 million... 700,000 square miles or four and a half million square kilometers and not a goddamn thing turned up that could be linked to the fucking flight. The underwater search, however, was continuing. From May to December in 2014, a bathymetric survey was conducted of the search area. From June 18th to December 17th, 80,000 square miles, 208,000 square kilometers was searched. The search area was a location known as Broken Ridge. Uh, This is an underwater plateau. It's about three times the size of Japan. A small part of the plateau is actually above water, and this is the Kerguelen Islands we spoke about earlier. Okay. Several underwater survey teams were gathered to search the area, but guess what? Nothing. Shocker. Eventually, some things were found, however. Yes, eventually. An object marked with 657BB was found on the coast of Reunion Island in the Western Indian Ocean on July 29th, 2015. The next day, a suitcase was found. This area matches the model of debris dispersal from the area they had been most recently searching. And Reunion Island is off the coast of Madagascar. East Coast, yeah. I think it's French-owned. French-controlled territory. Yeah, yeah. On July 31st, a couple days later, a Chinese water bottle and an Indonesian cleaning product were found here as well. It's believed that the object with the marking 657BB is part of the right wing flaperon on a Boeing 777. It was announced by the Malaysian Prime Minister that the debris found on July 29th was indeed from Flight 370. On September 3rd, the people who had been checking out the debris formally announced that, yep, it's part of the fucking flaperon. Mm-hmm. Now, didn't is this the one that the people in France like wouldn't give to them? Yeah, yeah. Right. It took them a little while. I'm not sure if they ever did, but they didn't want to at least. Right. Well, probably maybe because they were worried that some of the details might get fudged a little bit. Because this is one of the more important pieces of debris. This is the only piece of debris that is confirmed part of the plane. There, there's a couple other that that are confirmed. That I have on my list, but this one is the flapperon is very important because it's like part of the wing flaps, basically. And there is evidence of perhaps that this was like a controlled water landing. Ah. They, they say that the damage to the flapperon is such that it means it hit the water with a lot of force enough to. Tear it off, it. obviously, yeah. Yeah, tear it off and um and cause 
like a lot of scraping at the bottom of it. Uh-huh. But it indicates that that was a controlled landing versus just falling out of the sky and smashing yeah. into a million pieces, which is kind of consistent with the fact that we haven't found much a of, million fuck pieces, all of yeah. this plane. And if it did that, things like searching for earthquakes and tsunamis everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so if a if, if a collision of that force were to hit any place, it would probably get picked up by one of those. Right. Which wasn't the case. There have been other disasters where something either blew up midair and all the debris fell down and you could track the debris by radar. Or if something fell straight, hit the ocean, and then disintegrated into a million pieces. Yeah, you find a million fucking pieces. Oh, seat cushions. Holy fuck. It's not, I mean, it's it's still like, if it's a large search area, it might be hard to find, but it is found. Unlike here, where it's like, oh, like, we found, like, I think there's a total pieces, uh, 20 pieces of debris, and only maybe, like, a few are actually, like, confirmed it actually came from that plane. They found the um, the co- the engine cover in South Africa in March of 2015. Do you know if that was part of the ones that was confirmed to, to be a part of it? I did not have that one on my list. The ones that I have that were confirmed to be part of the plane, the Flavoron found in 2015, uh, the white part of the right wing and right wing stabilizer. February 2016, found in Mombazique. Is that Somalia? Mombazique. It just says Mombazique, Africa. And oh, okay. it's in between Mombazique and Madagascar. Oh, okay, okay. And then flap track fairing is what I have written down. So I don't know. Some, some other part of a flap found in the area December 2015. It was found in the same area as the part in February 2016, as the the part of the wing and stabilizer. But it wasn't reported because they didn't realize at the time that it was significant until the other piece was found a couple months later. And then they're like, oh, hey, maybe this thing that we found is actually part of the plane. And then June 2016, another uh, wing flap piece found off the coast of Tanzania and that was confirmed to be from the flight. Not a lot of pieces to be found from not a lot of pieces, mostly a giant pieces, ass fucking airplane. Yeah, mostly pieces of the wing. But what's interesting is they had a I watched this um the sixty minutes one where they had a model of that that flapper on and it's interesting because it kind of points out like this is a part of the wing and if this had been hit just diving out of the sky at full speed it, this this piece would have been obliterated right and so the fact this that this thing it's would not... not be intact the fact that it's intact for the most part it's like a piece you know it's a panel so it's like broken off but it is otherwise intact and yes. just like kind of shredded at the bottom indicating like oh hey it skidded across the surface of the water at a very high speed right but it's still skidded across the surface of the water versus slammed into the surface of the water and disintegrated. Disintegrated, yeah. 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 Which is why maybe probably a lot of the airplane is actually in one piece or a few pieces and sitting at the bottom of the fucking ocean. And even with all that stuff found, they called off the underwater search on January 17th of last year, 2017. And that's when 
the Ocean, Ocean Infinity. Infinity. They May came to an 7. agreement with the Malaysian government to take up the search. So they searched from January 22nd to June of 2018 and didn't turn up a goddamn thing. Yeah, didn't get paid anything either. Well, they didn't they, find anything. Well, yeah, it was like a find for fee or finder fee or something type of... If you don't find, you'll get your fee. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. we won't charge you if we don't find anything, but there is a finder's fee out there for this plane. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I was. I learned that when I was made my, like, a... Recent like discovery like today where there's oh, like, yeah. the, the update we'll get to the update we'll get to the update at the end or closer but to the end here apparently there's about a fifty three million pounds I want to say pounds that it had an L in front of it I didn't fucking bother. oh that would be pounds yeah mm-hmm. I didn't fucking bother to see how many dollars it is it's a chunk of change and it's pro if there is any difference it's not even a whole lot but yeah about fifty three million uh, finders fee if you find that fucking airplane just saying. That's pretty much what happened to Flight 370, but really, what the fuck happened to Flight 370? <laughs> really? And it's Where did it though, go? I find it interesting that this Ocean Xfinity managed to cover about the same area that the Malaysian... Oh, governments and, did? Uh, yeah, yeah. That the governments did over like three years, and they did it in like three fucking months. Uh, government spending, and these guys are actually like out there probably like humping to like trying to find some... They want the fucking cash. Right. Well, they did. I mean, I think it did this initial search effort uh, with the Malaysian and Australian governments did come out. To, it's about $150 million is what was spent. Chunk of change. That is a chunk of change. That is a big yep. chunk yep. of change. I'm just saying, like, maybe, like, the privately owned guys. I mean, private sector is always going to have it better. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Prevailing wage. <laughs> That's what the government has to pay. Right. So, anyways, it's interesting that they got... In three months, they covered, like, the same amount of area that they had managed to do for, like, the last three years. And still didn't find anything. And still didn't find anything, which is even more crazy. Because now that's a lot of area that's gone through. I, th- I feel like it's over a million square miles has been... Yeah. Maybe oh, a couple, yeah. like, a few million square miles. Uh, something uh, like uh, that. Uh, I mean... Over a million, easily. I know there were... I know I heard the word million. Yes. I can't yeah. tell you what was exactly in it front was, of it, uh, but... I believe it was 1,700,000. Jesus. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. 1,700,000 square miles. Oh and that was, God. you know, 4,500,000 square kilometers. That's a lot. That's that a shitload. a huge amount. And nothing... And like we said earlier, if it were to have just like crash landed in the ocean, we would have found shit. There would have been seats, the cushions, they fucking float for mm-hmm. the love of Christ. They're, they're made to float. And, and there not... are a ton of seats on a Boeing 777. I know. What about this whole like, yeah, your seat cushion is going to act as a flotation device? Shiz? Exactly. Oh, my gosh. So the thing that's kind of weird about the whole uh falling from the sky versus controlled landing is it also changed the search area right well a controlled landing definitely changes it because you could have gone down and, anywhere really and even after like they realized like oh hey like we looked in the wrong place for days but now we're pretty sure it's here they're still going off the assumption that it crashed it ran out of fuel and then nosedived into the ocean right versus a uh quick it didn't run all the way out of fuel or even if it did like he was manning it and there was like a slower smoother descent a controlled land a controlled water landing but that right. puts it way for a little bit further out than if it just fucking falls from the sky yeah yeah and 
I don't see how it. I don't see how it could have fallen area. from the sky. Yeah. With well, the fact, they they wanted to. I mean, that's the official story. Yeah, they want to believe that some mechanical error happened that caused it. It ran out of fuel or. Like the, they went, one theory is like the oxygen went out like way early, like, and that the autopilot or something like fucking yeah, I don't know. <laughs> turned the plane around and the pilot was unconscious the whole time. I mean, Malaysia does not like this whole idea that the pilot intentionally crashed this plane. Right. Right. I don't, I mean, well, pe- I, I, mean, people, I do I guess, have some information on the pilot in a little while. Yeah. Um, but I don't honestly believe that. It was the case. Uh, you don't honestly believe that he crashed the plane, or you don't honestly believe. I don't that think it was he did accident. it. I don't think he suicidally did it. There is a way a plane could crash into the ocean and not really produce any wreckage, and that's if it would hit perpendicular with the ocean, so nose straight down. I don't think but planes like, tend to crash that way. They though. don't crash that way. <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> They, that's not how a plane crashes. That is not how a plane crashes because they're go. They got forward momentum, and so unless he like was nose diving, mm-hmm. in which case that would be suicidal because you don't just fucking nose dive. What if it was shot down like by a missile or something? I mean, how much shit would that burn up? Still would find the wreckage. Still would find the wreckage. Still would find a fuselage hunks and bits of wing and stuff. Yeah, like 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 I said earlier, they there's been cases where that exact thing happened over the ocean, but like radar was able to not only see the debris falling, but then yeah, you can still you can see the debris on the ocean yeah. surface. Yeah. So I mean what the pilots could have turned off the communication devices. Authorities did investigate the homes of both pilot and co-pilot. They're apparently pretty nice places. Mm-hmm. Oh, but what about mm-hmm. what about the captain's little like custom-made flight simulator? Oh well, yeah. Well, that's shiz. that's 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 coming up here. So psychiatrists first off examined the audio recordings and also the video of the men from previous flights and from three seventy. And it determined they were acting completely normally. No signs of stress, no signs of anxiety. Everything was cool in the gang. However, it was found that the captain had made no social or professional plans after March 8th. His wife and children had moved away from him. Apparently, he was nailing other women. And the wife, as wives tend to be, aren't super cool with that. Right. She was like, I'm out of here and I'm taking the kids. And apparently, he was fairly distraught about it. Uh, investigators did find the flight simulator, but the data didn't suggest anything villainous. Except for the fact that he simulated a flight almost identical to the one that he took where everyone disappeared. Right. And that he wiped that from his hard drive. Right. Well, the investigators didn't find it to be fucked up at all. I mean, that is around the area that he lives. I mean, he lived on that island, right? Well, he lived in Malaysia, and then his hometown was... Um, oh, the hometown was the island. That was just off the, the west the, coast of Malaysia. Yeah, the hometown was the island. But still, he, he did live in Malaysia. So, I mean, if you're going to do flight simulating stuff, why wouldn't you do it around the area? You're probably going to be fine most where you live. Right, except, he, I mean, it was still quite a ways from where he lived because that he was still on radar. They don't think that the plane actually crashed until 8... 19 is the last time that satellite yeah, yeah. pinged. Yep. He, they fell off a military radar at 
2.22 yes. a.m. Yes. So that is like six hours he continued to fly. So that's pretty far from your hometown. And this, so this flight simulator was well, basically I mean, doing a scenario where he goes to the Indian Ocean and runs out of gas. Well, it's far from your hometown if you commute via car, bicycle, bus. Flight six-hour flight is still is fucking far too. Yeah, but that's. I would say somewhere there, I'd have to fly six hours from here is pretty far from my hometown. Yeah, I'm but almost still, out of, like I mean, my, if if you, you know. look at it, if you look at it, I mean. You drive ten miles. That's not far. Mm-mm. Flying six hours. Hey, I mean, you you fly six hours all the time. That's your work day. Is flying six hours to fucking Beijing? Yeah, except it's like in the complete opposite direction. Regardless, absolutely. You're not going to fly for six hours and just land in the fucking ocean. Maybe like that's not s- a destination, except for like, oh hey, where can I fucking like sink a plane so they'll never be found again? Just to. I mean, I can see why he would not want to be like held accountable for killing himself and everybody else mm-hmm. that makes sense i just don't see another scenario where i mean why the fuck would you turn around cross over land and just basically go as far into the indian ocean as you possibly fucking can before your plane is going to run out of fuel it's kind of weird why you didn't like hang a, a sharp right and keep going you know that direction or something i mean there's a lot of ocean to crash into there is, but maybe he really wanted to be in the middle of it because, again, he doesn't want a fucking thing found. Or maybe he wanted to fly back over his like hometown or whatever. Well, that was before they he got lost on military radar because they were actually able to simulate that part of it because he's still being tracked by the military radar at this point. And that's why that, that one... Um, like He's that, like an instructor, that, like a like a Boeing instructor. That's why that one guy was able to finally figure it out. Like, oh, this is why he kind of slightly the bank turned. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, because he was looking out the window at his hometown. So, and then from that point on, you just he basically did not veer off course. He just went straight as far into the middle of the fucking ocean as possible, and then disappears. And my, yeah. I mean, my thought based, and that's also based on the. Uh, the debris found the debris indicates that it was a controlled landing or the lack thereof. Debris. Well, yeah, I mean, well, the lack very little thereof. Debris, yeah. yes, exactly. And the few pieces that have been found, um, are intact enough, but also have evidence of that. This is how the plane fucking landed. Possibly, but I just, I still don't, I still don't see it. Oh, I see it. I, I feel like like a hundred percent. This is how. If I he still, if, if he was the one to crash it, that what's the copilot doing? Like, just cool with it? Like, well, no, no, bro, it's fine. <laughs> like, well, funny you should say that. I mean, this isn't this isn't the first time that something like this has happened. It's not even the last time that something like this has happened. So there's been several, but I'm just gonna do like the first like the more recent ones so so you're telling me there's been more planes that have completely disappeared no not more planes that have completely disappeared but more planes uh full of fucking people where the pilot or co-pilot decided to intentionally crash it and kill everyone i feel like that would be on the news a little bit more wouldn't it and you got a pilot and a co-pilot no it's okay so silk air flight 185 104 people killed. This was in 1997. 
Silk Air? Silk Air. This in, 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 it was in Indonesia. It's, oh, okay. It's denied to this day by the Indonesian government <laughs> really? that this is what happened. Yes. 1999, Egypt Air Flight 990. Co-pilot locked the pilot out of the cabin. And boom, straight into the fucking ocean. No shit. Yeah. German Wings Flight 9525. This was 2015. So this is after the Malaysian flight. Uh, 150 people on board. The co-pilot, again, locked the pilot. He went to use the bathroom because they don't have a fucking bathroom in the cockpit. So he went to use the bathroom. You think the bathroom would be in the cockpit from the name of the fucking I mean, it's a cockpit. cockpit. You'd think there'd be a toilet there, but no. So, yeah, co-pilot locked the pilot out and intentionally flew the plane and uh, the other 150 people aboard into the side of a fucking mountain and killed everyone. Jesus Christ. Yeah. When was that one? That was like 2015. And the one in 1999, that had 217 aboard the Egypt Air. No, I can see it happening, like, pre-9-11. So the co-pilot there, like, he, you know, was saying something in Arabic about going to meet with God. I think this is the one he, he had been accused of sexual misconduct and he was pissed. And then he locks the pilot out, intentionally crashes the plane. Uh, not sure what was going on with the pilot of Silk Air because, you know, it's still denied by the government. But I guess right. there's a lot of evidence pointing to the fact that probably that's what happened. And then the the German wings flight, you can hear, like, the recording, like, the pilot, like, trying to, like, break back into the cockpit. Wow. As fucking the co-pilot is just fucking driving straight into the side of a fucking mountain no but there's all this evidence that we we hear from all these other ones well that's because they found the black box and the voice record i mean it was recorded the guy trying to break back into the cockpit before it slammed into a mountain if they hadn't found that or it hadn't been intact and just slammed into the side of a mountain and it would like it's some obscure mountain in the middle of nowhere and they just have no idea yeah really what are they gonna know because a lot of these times, yeah, it suddenly drops off radar because... And all of these ones are, are done over land, too, right? This one was... Um, the German Wings was over land. It was in a mountain. It was... Into a mountain. Into the side of a mountain. Mountains over land, yeah. I don't know about the Silk Air. The Egypt Air was into the ocean. But apparently not deep enough. Right. Or not a controlled landing. Not a controlled landing. It was more like a, you know, like, let's freaking just slam into the into the ocean and disintegrate what do you think about like a military training mission gone horribly horribly awry hmm like a diatlov pass a little bit yeah some sort, sort of, of weird military testing thing that they don't want to admit to well not even just uh, you got a few planes out and man that looks a lot like the dummy plane we're supposed to shoot down and you shoot it down and then you realize that you just shot down a civilian plane and killed almost 300 people and the government's just like ooh, put that under the rug because that's bad press so they play even stupider by like looking in the wrong place and like not doing anything about the freaking um the radar and stuff i don't know i mean it seems like I just think when people are doing something like that, they're giving the government a little bit too much credit. I don't know. I, I mean, mean, it's like dumb to like shoot something down, but they're also the fact that they would be testing something that covert 
then have well, it no, accidentally not, fucked up. Not even up that test of a covert. And... I mean, it doesn't even need to be some sort of like super crazy, like flying saucer government issue, like plane no one's heard of. It so could be just a simple think... training mission with I whatever. I don't think there's a training mission that involves shooting missiles into occupied airspace that commercial flights use. And I don't know either. I just don't think that's a thing because probably Maybe there's a is. lot of liability there. I don't think that is at all. I don't think that they would be doing that. I disagree. Did they, did they I think drop, they may did they well. drop the atomic bomb on like... We're not talking about American or British or Australian or anything like that. We're talking about someplace that's maybe a little bit more fly by the seat of their pants like in malaysia you can just get on a plane with a fucking stolen passport that interpol knows is stolen and you can still get on the plane so right. maybe I maybe just, there's the military their militaries are able to so play things a little bit more loosey-goosey in malaysia like with all their mass, maybe not malaysian have- maybe 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 chinese maybe vietnamese maybe any of the other places around there it's a pretty populated part of the world as far as like how many countries are around there so maybe they Send some folks up and they accidentally shoot down this plane because someone's drunk or they just misinterpret something and sweep I think it that's under the highly rug. unlikely. I think they misinterpreted a lot of things, but it's not it wasn't some crazy accident because they were like testing something. I mean, they have flight simulators for that kind of thing. Right. They do have flight simulators, but do you think that all of our military, all of our, our people who are our Air Force people are just in flight simulators and never never actually get into a real airplane? Because well, I think they get that would into be... real airplanes, but I don't think they shoot down like quote unquote dummy airplanes with actual like missiles and stuff. I don't as know. As practice. I don't know why they wouldn't. Because who's flying the dummy airplane? A drone. This is the twenty first century. Come on. The 21st century in Malaysia, they have a fucking giant drone that's flying an airplane. There are drones everywhere. Okay, well, it's a drone. That's a tiny little thing. As far as I know, you can't fly a fucking, like, 777 with a fucking drone. But if you misinterpret the data, if somehow... That's a lot of misinterpretation. That is a big motherfucking plane. Yeah. Like, how would you think that that was the drone-controlled dummy plane? Well, what about terrorists? Well, no terrorists claimed it, so probably not terrorists. Right, because that's kind of the whole point of being a terrorist is, yeah. to, show, is to create terror yeah. in other people and be like, look how fucking, look at what we can do. None of that, so probably Behold not terrorists. our mighty yeah. terror. Yep. Uh, some of the family members would call the cell phones of their lost family members and they would not just kick straight to voicemail. They'd ring and ring and ring and ring and ring and then go to voicemail. Well, who knows what happens to cell phones when they're in the middle of the fucking ocean? Well, I, I, I know who knows about cell phones, and it's, it's the cell phone people. They say that, especially when you're going like across different carriers, like you know different countries and stuff, mm-hmm. that the ringing isn't a sign you're connecting. It's just like a tone to make it so you are holding on the line. It's just saying we're trying to connect. Right, it's trying to connect yeah. to you, but that doesn't necessarily, it doesn't necessarily yeah. mean that like it's, your phone's on yeah. or anything. I mean, my phone can be completely on and it doesn't even ring and it goes straight to voicemail. I mean, what the fuck is that about? It's good. Just good luck. It can be like totally on and a hundred percent. And it's like, Oh, I had a missed call. My fucking thing. I have a voicemail. My shit didn't ring. So, if it was off, I mean, it can go either way, is all I'm saying. Usually when it's off, it kicks straight to voicemail. 
usually when it's off, it kicks straight to voicemail. But like, like you said, it's like trying to connect. But when it goes, across, especially when it goes across carriers, it's, it's right. Trying, it's going it's across carriers. To connect. It's, it's trying to connect. It's just it's like a placeholder sound, so you you and know something's happening. Happen. Like I just said, even when I should be fully connected, when my it should just ring and ring and ring. I mean, it does. It just goes. It doesn't ring for me. It just goes straight to my voicemail, and yeah, I'm I never like 100 percent so available. Know. I still get them because of like school and shit. Right, right. But I should be like 100% available to have it like ring and not go straight to, and it doesn't do it for me. So I'm just saying. Oh, okay, it could. Yeah, I mean, fucking it, phones. I mean, they're not. It could be a place where you're just out of service perfect. or whatever. Yeah. You're in, yeah. No, no, just just at home at work. You're, in, you're fully in. in service. Get calls all the time, but then all of a sudden I get a call that it didn't. It didn't ring. You're at the bottom of a parking garage in an elevator and. No, nope, that's not nope, it. That's not it. Just in places that no, you normally get called. All right. It happened just today. I got one like right. You know, my phone was like right next to me on my desk, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, I have a new voicemail. What the fuck? Well, three seventy. So three seventy. You think that the pilot crashed? I think yes. I don't think the pilot crashed, but I actually don't have a good answer as to what happened. I think that when you consider... I don't think anyone has a good answer to what happened, really. No, they don't, and that's an unfortunate thing. Because it's a it very would, unfortunate thing. It would be I, the really families, awesome that's, to that's find that plane, and that sucks. Yeah, no closure, never knowing exactly what happened. People spout aliens? I'm not, th- I'm not feeling aliens No, yet. not this one, no. Uh, people say that governments wanted to steal the plane to use it for clandestine things, and Why so they... Why can't they just they... make their own fucking plane? Why do they have right? to steal somebody's right? plane full of people that are obviously going to be missed? Maybe it's some of the people that were on the plane. Maybe they were, like, somehow fancy, and so they wanted to steal those people. No. I, I mean, don't... there's other ways to steal people than to hijack an entire airplane. Right. Exactly. It's pretty easy to just find somebody in a vulnerable moment and grab them. You don't have to uh, hijack a whole whole fucking airplane. And then how do they even make it disappear? I mean, the plane had a certain amount of fuel. It was going to last a certain amount of time. It's being pinged. It's like first the radar is an ACC and a TC. And then the military radar loses it because it goes out of range, but then it's still being covered by the satellite. By the time the satellite does its last ping, I mean, it's pretty much estimated, like, yeah, the plane would have been running out of fucking fuel. It would have been going for a long time. There's only so far it could go, and it was, like, in the middle of the fucking ocean. So, again, if it was hijackers, where did they fucking land it? Where did they and, take it to? But if it's off of radar, then, then I mean, It's off knows? of radar, but it's still on those satellites. Those satellites are still pinging it, but they're but they're pinging it, but they don't they they're not they're not they giving an accurate a, location. It's of it. not an accurate, but it's an accurate enough location to put it in the middle of the fucking ocean. Uh, kind of, I mean, the, why the location. Would, why would they have done the one million? You know, why would they have done all that searching in the ocean if they weren't fairly confident that those satellite pings had a certain range? Well, because the satellite pings went from Kazakhstan which is like north kind of by Russia, mm-hmm. all the way down to the South Indian Ocean. So that's right. a but big I mean, amount of area. It is a big amount of area, but they were primarily, it was ocean. I mean, they, they have... That's where they searched. That's where they searched. But, but why they would didn't they... search in land because of right. all the government saying, oh, well, there's no way this could have happened. Well, what if there well, was? Well, not just the government It disappeared that, from radar once. I mean... Right, that data was like convincing enough that 
they still kept their search parameters within the ocean. I don't think it was hijacked. Like, what are they going to do with it? Hijacked for what? Who knows? And I just don't believe that it was feasible uh, for them to have to have all these satellite things. And this isn't even like a government satellite. This is like a privately owned thing. This is like a manufacturer. This is something about like one of the parts on the plane and they're using satellites to like monitor the effectiveness of it. I just think that it limited it to like a certain, like, I can't even remember the term that he used, like a certain arc of like, right, right. There was so, and that was primarily over the ocean. So I just have a hard time thinking that it somehow gave off these signals that it was here, yet it's going over here and still having enough fuel to get to some other piece of land to land the plane and do whatever it is that the hijacker wanted to do with the plane. It just doesn't make any fucking sense. What about this new information that was found? This new information that was found. Okay, so this came up just today, and it is interesting. A guy named Ian Wilson is on Google Earth and apparently spots what seems to be a plane in the middle of the Cambodian jungle. Now, you printed out the pictures, and I saw them. Mm-hmm. And when they, they, they show, like, the whole picture, and you can't see shit, but they do they show, like, the little zoom-in like thing. Like, super zoom. And it totally looks like a fucking airplane. It does totally look like an airplane. Measuring the airplane, uh, it measures to be about 70 meters, and that Boeing 777 is about... 63 meters i believe so it's a little bit bigger but right. then again I it's feel also like from space it's also from space it might not be 100 but i mean it's around it's around the same size if you're gonna get technical about it it is a it seven is, meter difference seven meter difference i think it was in meters i wouldn't just say meters out of nowhere because i don't my brain doesn't think that way, so I'm pretty no. sure I read it in meters. Probably. And I think and I think it was the, the London like daily something, so They they deal in meters over there. Yeah, they do deal in meters. Cause if I had read it in feet, I would have spoken in feet. <laughs> there was a helicopter search. There has been a helicopter search or two with nothing being found. They want to try to get into the jungle on foot and find it. However, it's not really that easy because apparently the jungles of Cambodia are crawling with illegal hunters and tigers and oh, good. all sorts of poisonous Super safe. things Super safe. that can kill you. I mean, basic jungle shit. Right, right. Like, the jungle is not... like Hospitable. A, yeah, it is just not. Not for us, anyway. Mm-mm. So we'll uh, we'll post the pictures that Joanna found yeah, on, on, I, at the strange space, it is, our Facebook group. It is compelling. Now, I did read one thing that said the image could be just a plane caught mid-flight. Oh, okay. Occasionally that has happened with satellites and right. Google Earth, and it happens to capture an image of a plane plane when it's flying over and then that's the image that's stored because i'm not i'm oh, not 100 I mean, on how google earth works i mean it's not like live all the time i mean no you can't not just, all the time i can't google earth my home and like you know just somebody can't like see me going in and out and like taking my garbage cans oh no no oh, but however my cousin my cousin looked up his grandfather's house and f- the picture that was taken was his grandfather wearing <laughs> Like Daisy Duke cut off jean shorts. Oh dear. 
and that was it mowing the lawn. Oh my gosh. <laughs> dude's like, like, you know, thanks Google Earth. Dude's Thank like you 80 years old. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but still. <laughs> Like what, what a wonderful timing. day you what timing. decided to but, I mean, fly I your satellite over and and take the picture of my house because yeah, yeah it's. But yeah. I can I can see how like if a plane's flying over, maybe it's just catching like the shadow of the plane, and mm-hmm. it's just because a satellite is significantly farther above the Earth, and so I can right. see how it wouldn't be a perfect. And it is the jungle. It's a bunch of greenery, and then there's yeah. a white object which. I, I'm not saying it does. It looks like a motherfucking plane. Oh, totally, totally. We'll post the pictures of the strange space. So, but yeah, I'm just saying, like, I'm not a hundred percent that this is the plane, and Cambodia is kind of a long way from where this thing was tracked with. The, Although the not, I mean, where the satellites lost it, yeah, but not far from where the satellites lost it. It's only a short jaunt north of where where the military satellite lost. Uh, the... Right, and and Cambodia was a point of interest. They did something about when it was tracking over Cambodia. Right, but but it is a long way from where it went off radar and where it thinks it continued on the same path based on those satellite pings. And now, with a lack of debris found, wouldn't it be pretty easy to just toss some debris in the ocean, kind of by where the Everyone thought the plane crashed, and seems like you'd have to know a lot about ocean currents and where stuff would wash ashore, and then you have to get it there in the first place. Like you just don't like, oh, like I'll just go to the fucking random plane debris store and like fly my fucking helicopter and drop it in there, and like hopefully it'll wash ashore in the right places so that people think it crashed in the ocean. So you but don't again, think I think you don't think that some sort of agency or whatever that could pull off something like this no could do something as simple as taking some bits of a plane they already had and fly it someplace and drop it off because they do have the the, the knowledge of what the debris pattern is going to be you don't think that's possible no because really i think, I that's, think that's 100% giving them way too much credit and but who's also- them i mean it could be anybody it could be a private corporation yeah, there's people that think 9-11 was an inside job again i'm just like no that's fucking stupid and i think this is i think it's just why would they do that that's a stupid thing to do i don't know what point there is but what- you you don't think it's actually possible no you, you think it's completely 100 percent impossible that a private organization could could do that could hijack a plane make it drop off radar get satellites to collect data that is not correct but then and land the plane in some other secret place not detected by anyone else's radar well how did the radar and the satellites not catch it crashing because it was out of range over the ocean they probably so if it's out of range of the ocean how could this you know hypothetical agency not not what hide it from there if it's going to crash and not have to hide it from the over the ocean that it's not it's outside of their scan range because they're not right. looking for something that way out in the middle of nowhere. Totally. On land, if they if they land, they would have to land the plane on land. And let me tell you, most places are monitoring land because that's kind of what you're trying to fucking protect. You're not trying to protect the, the, o- the in the middle of the fucking ocean because there's nothing out there. You don't live out in the middle of the ocean. You live on land, and that is where your military and whatever country you're living in, that is the place that your government is trying to protect and is monitoring right. whatever is coming over it and into its airspace. You're not wrong. Yeah. You're 100% not wrong. So how did they However, land in somebody else's airspace? You can go below radar. Pieces of 
you can go below radar. Fine. They went below and radar. And so you go below radar. And landed somewhere. And you land in some, A like, giant fucking plane full of fucking people. That you've... We've already said that you could have turned down the oxygen and they, they could be unconscious. They could be. And so you could go below radar and land it in some airfield you made in the uh, jungles of Cambodia. And then take parts of that plane and fly it with another plane into the middle of the ocean and drop, and it, drop it into places where you know ahead of time the currents are going to carry it so people are going to think that this is where it crashed and this is a logical place for the debris to have washed up sure no you don't think so i do not think so you don't think an independent you don't think an independent agency no. with with lots of money could do it themselves no oh, well All right, because then. i don't so know you I, think I think you think okay, the pilot. I think the you pilot, think the pilot decided that it was a great idea to have a controlled landing when he was running out of the gas in the middle of the ocean. Yeah, because his intent was like to never have it be found and to kill like for, a whole bunch of people. Right, because other people have done this before. It's for not no like unusual reason. for people to kill other people. It is actually well, it's unusual for people to do it this way. Yeah, but not so much. It's enough to where it has like, happened before, but it's not unusual. It is, un- it is definitely unusual. It is definitely unusual. But you think that is that that scenario is more unusual than your super secret independent agency no. somehow kidnapping, hijacking no. a plane, no, the super flying secret- under radar, taking bits of the plane, flying back over the ocean, and planting the evidence in a way that and altering the satellite data. Well, no, the you satellite think- satellite data didn't need to be altered. Well, yeah, it did because then how did you land the plane on whatever land when you had no fucking you fuel went, left? You went beneath, well, because you didn't, you did have fuel left. You just went below radar and. Going below radar doesn't have anything to do with your fuel consumption. When, right. If you oh, no, go it totally doesn't. South, it totally doesn't, but maybe you're not that far south. I mean, at the point where the, the military. are saying. At the point south. where the military lost radar, they weren't outside of. Yeah, but I'm not talking about the military losing the radar. I'm talking about the satellites losing the signal. That tracked it within the, the certain within the like the ten thousand mile radius. It was yeah, not a ten. Total. Well, it was. Do you know where the, Kazakhstan is? No, I don't know where. And do you, Kazakhstan do you know where is. the South Indian Ocean is? <laughs> yeah, the South. Because yeah, that's the South. Yeah, it's it, that's the part of by by Perth, right? Mm-hmm. And Kazakhstan is like landlocked. Kazakhstan has no ocean anywhere near it, and it's up kind of by Russia. Okay, that is a huge huge area where they are just guessing yeah but i don't think there was a whole lot of land guessing because they would have looked more on land they were guessing ocean based on the satellite data the plane is in like two pieces at the bottom of the ocean because it was a controlled landing and that's what the the few pieces of debris that they have found that's what the evidence points to the evidence and that's pointed what i'm gonna to- believe and you're not gonna convince me that i'm wrong all right well then uh <laughs> thank you very much for listening And stay strange. Do you enjoy the Stranger Than podcast? Please let us know. Rate and comment on iTunes. Check out and like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash stranger than podcast. Our Twitter at underscore stranger than or drop us an email, stranger than podcast at gmail.com. That's stranger than podcast, all one word, at gmail.com. Also, feel free to email us any strange, mysterious, or misunderstood stories or topic suggestions that you'd like to share or hear about.